Did you ever wonder how some of the greatest people today become who they are? Most everyone has experienced that turning point in their life. It's these moments that forever changed who they were into whom they've become. Today on The Moment with Chris Epting, you'll hear from these people and hopefully be inspired to find your own life-changing moment. Now, here is your host, Chris Epting. Hey there, thank you for joining me. This is Chris Epting on The Moment, and this is actually show number 13 of our little 13-week experiment here. So right up front, I want to thank Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure and my engineer, Aaron Keller, for making these last 13 weeks so fun and interesting. And I want to thank all the guests, too, everyone from, from Todd Rundgren to John Oates to a lot of people in between, including my guest uh, today, who we actually did an episode uh, Leif Garrett and I, while we were watching the Super Bowl, and it was so well received that I thought, what better way to kind of uh, ride off into the sunset with this uh, season of the show than to have Leif Garrett uh, back on live? Leif, are you there? I am here, and instead of the Super Bowl, now I'm watching The Price Is Right. <laughs> well, bid go. They need to go higher on that washing machine. I think it's I think it's like twenty dollars more than they're bidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, Leif, as, as many of you know, uh, Leif has a memoir coming out this July from Post Hill Press called Idle Truth. I am uh, super honored to have been the one to co-write with Leif. And, you know, Leif, a lot of, one of the things people have asked me, there's so many points along um, your journey where you could have written a book. I mean, literally dozens of moments where I think it would have made sense, but you chose not to do it. Well, what was it about the timing now in your life that it felt right to do what you're doing, which is to, you know, put your story out there, you know, as you're doing? Well, I think, you know, the main reason is, like what you just said, when, when it felt right. You know, um, I believe that, uh, you know, uh, honesty is, is the most important thing, as well as, like, there were just a couple of issues that I needed to deal with so I could uh, come out, uh, not out of the closet, but, uh, <laughs> you know, out in the open about uh, everything honestly. That was a, you know, it's funny because people have also asked me, well, how long have you guys been working on the book? What I, to me, what it comes down to, if you and I met almost two years ago, I think we actually started that morning in your kitchen. I really think the right from the get go, it felt like you were ready to confront and sort of embrace this idea of, like you say, being truthful about everything. And I think it started that morning. I mean, really, we were off to the races in like seconds. We were, you were, you know, telling stories and we were, you know, swapping notes about favorite albums growing up in the 70s. And it was really, you just seemed like somebody who was ready to let go of a lot of things and, and, and kind of shed some skin and, and put these things out there, which is not easy to do. And I, I, you know, I give you a lot of credit for, you know, again, we've, we've been talking about this now over the course of hundreds, literally hundreds of conversations in a couple of years, and you never cease to amaze me with the stories from your life. Well, thank you, and one of the most important things and is, is that I needed to feel comfortable with the person I want or was going to, you know, co-write this with, uh, me not being uh, a published uh, author um, until now, yay, okay, um, <laughs> Uh, it's you know it was right away though you know when you meet somebody and you know instantly whether you like them or don't or whether you're going to get along or not Absolutely. that's what happened w with you it was like i felt like we'd maybe known each other in a past life or something or we're like long lost brothers or something you know 
I it totally just agree. Was man. Right. Feeling was feeling was mutual, and I I approach it the same way. Before you work with somebody, you want to make sure the chemistry's right, and they're going to be sort of of a mindset to write the book that you want them to write. And you you know we you and me just hit the ground running, and I think that's why people are really going to like. Uh, Idle Truth when it comes out. And by the way, it is available for pre-order. Um, you want to do that now on Amazon.com. <laughs> well, seriously, you know, a lot of people... No, no, you're right. I, I'm all for it. And you can you get had, that. You had a very <laughs> cool idea that... Uh, before the as the as the pre-release was announced, you called me one day and said, "Hey, remember how Tiger Beat used to do Tiger, Tiger Beat Magazine? Of course, would do those promotions with me, like win a date with Lave Garrett. Why don't we do that with this book?" And we did, and we we announced our lucky winners a couple of weeks ago. You know, Tiger Beat played a huge part in your life back then. I actually just read a book by one of the editors of Tiger Beat, and I think people forget how how involved in your in your life and other people's lives, like David. Cassidy, Sean Cassidy, but they really became part of your day-to-day existence, right? You would go there all the time. Um, they would ask you a million questions. They would shoot millions of photos. But Tiger Beat and other related, you know, fan magazines were really a big part of your life, weren't they? Oh yeah, they were all up in my poop, um, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, no, I, you know, because it was the, uh, I guess, the conduit, the uh, the synapse, if you will between myself and uh, the fans. And, um, you know, since a lot of the fans uh, were reading those magazines, um, you know, it seemed like a logical way to be able to connect with them. Uh, Even though, you know, we did try uh, responding to every uh, piece of fan mail, but that turned out to be absolutely impossible um, it's amazing. You, know, you, you would literally try and do that when the when the sacks when the duffel bags of mail first start coming in. Remember you telling me yeah. that that you would you would literally yeah. sit there and and hand write these responses to people. Yeah, it, it, it's true. Um, and and it basically took up every waking moment that I had when I wasn't doing other things for my career or you know trying to be a uh, teenager, uh, which I did you know in my thirties. Because uh, I missed out on that in my teenage years, um, right? <laughs> well, but um, yeah, no, I mean, I, we really did, and then it got to the point where I had people uh, responding and then me signing them. But then that started feeling, you know, like it, it was, it was, it, even though I would, you know, kind of tell them what to write or give them, you know, a, a uh, clue as to how to respond, or they got to know me well enough anyway. But, like, my mom was helping out and, and a couple of people from the magazine. But it, it just didn't feel right, you know? It just felt was, fake. Well, I mean, I, there's no way to deal with that volume, obviously. You know, I, I mean, obviously. And we're talking start- duffel bags, my friend. It was yeah. crazy. And it's you're earnest enough when you start off thinking you can sign all those things, but yeah, when you're talking about thousands and then, then tens of thousands, but but again, those magazines really helped shape this this image and this thing, you know, that every teen idol would become. You know, you were sort of packaged and and, and presented to to these young girls all over the planet, but it worked. I mean, it was obviously a success because you became, you know, sort of the ultimate poster boy for all those magazines. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting because a lot of people don't realize too that the reason that I got on the uh, teen magazines to begin with was that I was an actor long before I was doing music and right. the like the uh, TV show that we were just kind of joking about uh, before we went on air, Three for the Road, 
was uh, the show that got me the recognition that uh, started all of this. And uh, the magazines, I was the first, uh, I guess they said I was the first blonde uh, cover boy, poster boy, whatever, (laughs) since I guess uh, it was like, I guess Bobby Sherman, was it, Mom? I'm sitting here, my mom's sitting here with me right now. We just had breakfast, and um, she's doing my nails and and, and my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Just like the old days. yeah, just like the old days, right? Exactly. But yeah, that was you know, but it, it was uh, it was uh, so overwhelming. But it was an incredible ride that I I would I would buy that e ticket again. It's I funny it you mentioned again. your mom, Leif, and and your mom was really helpful in in this book. From my standpoint as a writer, she was really instrumental because she, as an adult, had memories of things that you may not have picked up on as a teenager or a preteen. You know, she could really kind of help timeline things and and be super specific about what was going on and different right. casting sessions and audition things. So it was. I want to I want to thank your mom here, uh, Carolyn, personally on the air for for what she contributed to the book idle truth coming out this july they've down here in orange county a couple weeks ago there was this weird story where a woman a fan sort of inadvertently not inadvertently she deliberately wandered into justin bieber's hotel room and it reminded me of a story you told me early on after you'd played one of your first shows big stadium gig down at the astrodome you get back to the hotel and your manager kind of freaks out because when you get to your hotel room he sees a light coming out from under the door. Someone is inside the room. He hears voices. He gets you kind of sequestered away and uh, discovers that there are fans that have bought their way into your hotel room, which for you is kind of like one of the first glimpses of what this next ride is going to be like. What does it say about celebrity, do you think, when you, when that starts happening? What, what is it like as the subject of people that will pay their way into your hotel room, that will do whatever they have to do to gain access? I know there are great things about celebrity. That can't be one of them, though, huh? It's, you know, the plaster casters, that's a good one. Um, and yeah. the, no, I'm kidding. The, um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, somebody breaking into your private space or, you know, area, your sanctuary, if you will, um, when you're on the road to get away, the only place you can get away from the public, um, just to have a little downtime or whatever, but to have somebody be able to buy their way in. Uh, by bribing the, the uh, housekeeping uh, people uh, and get into my room, that was that was it was really disconcerting, extremely disconcerting. And then you know later on, I you know I had people literally sleeping outside of my uh, my house, uh, the gate uh, to the front door of my house, and you know uh, it, it's 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 interesting. I, I'm just so glad it happened then as opposed to now because now. The press, the media has gone to the absolute extreme with that violation, and you know with telephoto lenses and 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 you know how do you get away? How do you have your private time? You know, I I can't imagine your your existence then in a, in a pre-internet world is obviously way different than it would have been in, a, in yeah. an internet world. 
with things like TMZ. And I mean, back then, people couldn't just figure out where you lived. I mean, obviously, there there were ways, but it wasn't yeah. like today where you had access to everything was instantaneous. And I can't imagine what your life might have been like um, with cell phones and smartphones and all the kinds of things that uh, that celebrities have today. But that said, you still dealt with a lot. I mean, there were, it was impossible for you to go out on your own. Um, we yeah. still see the newsreel footage of the first time you went to Australia and literally had to revert to uh, armored cars as opposed to limousines just for this Isn't that to be cra- safe. That's, so, that's I mean, so crazy, man, right? I mean, oh my God. I don't think people realize or can even fathom that there was Beatlemania, but then, um, you know, this was that on steroids, what you were going through. And you, you get into that in stories in the book. I, I think it's really interesting of what it was like in the middle of the eye of that hurricane, the eye of that storm. And you, you paint these really interesting pictures about it. It's, it's not all what it was cracked up to be, right? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of fun, but also being the focus of that kind of intense attention can make life pretty strange, right? No, absolutely, you know, and I've been asked, like I, like I told you before, somebody asked me, they said, what's the, 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 the best thing about being a teen now? And I was like, well, the, the girls, the fans, you know, I look, the girls are awesome, you know, and, and then what's the worst thing? Well, the girls, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> because it could be, it, 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 it's a double-edged sword, you know. Um, a lot of people don't know where to draw the line, and um, and they don't understand because it's sort of th- thrown out the window, if you will, um, because it's it's kind of like when I, you know when you fall in love when you were younger. Remember, like falling in love the first girl you like. It's like you would do it. I mean, you wouldn't go and stalk her, but right. it was like somewhat sort of close to that. Like you you know around school you'd like you know watch what she's doing or you would write her little notes or something or. You know, you'd ask her to have lunch with you, and we, you know, let's go get. I'll go. I'll go get a milk for you. <laughs> you know, whatever, right? <laughs> but you know, it's it's you got it, it, to draw that line. You have to have. Well, where does the word fan come from? Fanatic. There you go. You know, and some people don't know because fan's not a bad word. Fanatic is the word that gets where it gets into a little bit of a sketchy gray area. Right. You know. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, I make a point of, I love the meet and greets. I love talking to these, these, like, I've kept every single, um, like, scrapbook that these young ladies have sent to me throughout the years of, like, photos of the posters on their wall and stuff above their beds. I mean, that's a compliment. That's such a compliment and such an honor. It's amazing. Leif, I got to tell you, yeah. finding yeah, I was I've been with you when we've sort of uncovered these boxes of these mementos and artifacts, and yeah, for the ones that got them to you, you did keep them, and when you've paged through those, it's it's a real testament to what this uh, what the feelings were like back then. I mean, these these scrapbooks are so detailed and so filled with love, and and you know, really for the most part, they're they're not weird. They're just it's what young girls felt. You know, they're just expressing these very intense emotions. Emotions and you know, fueled by the magazines and things, and and they matter. And you, when you when you go go through them today, yeah, it, it really is a testament. I, I always felt maybe down the line, if you could track some of those people down and let them know you've still got them, you know, to sort of say 
thanks for the the degree of work they put into those. My guess That's is amazing Wade you Garrett said today. that because I had the same thought. That would be a, an incredible thing, you know. Um, that could even be something that we we could even imagine, like if you and I like doing our uh, coming up podcast to be on the road and and to stop by their home uh, if we fa- could find out where they live and say you know thank you. <laughs> I think you know, I think that could be amazing, and I, and I think it's all about kind of closing the circle and going back in time. It's another part of your book, Idle Truth, that I think has been important for you is sort of closing those. Uh, those, you know, those those circles, you know what I mean? And going back and, and sort of making peace with these moments. I'm talking to Leif Garrett today here in the moment. If we're going to take a break in just a minute. If you want to say hey to Leif or ask a question, there is a toll-free number here in the U.S. It is 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. There's an international number as well, 001-480-398-1405. Again, internationally 001-480-398-1405. My name is Chris Septon. We'll be back with Leif Garrett here in the moment in just a minute. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. All round the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson, in The Sea Around Us, said, All at last, return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts, we'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are listening to The Moment with Chris Epting. If you have a question or comment about our show, please send an email to Chris at chrisepting.com. That's chris at chrisepting.com. Now, back to The Moment. Thank you for coming back. I am Chris Epting on the moment with my special live guest today, the one and only uh, Leif Garrett. Leif, thanks for being here today, man. No, thank you for having me. Hey, listen, I want to clarify something. I gave a uh, toll-free number to call, and if you want to say hi to Leif or ask a question about anything, um, you can do so, but not the number I gave you previously. I screwed up, so we don't know who's getting uh, those calls now, but the number is 866-472-5788. That is 866-472-5788, and you can call and say hey to Leif. We actually have a caller right now, Cindy from Tennessee. Leif, why don't we put Cindy through Tennessee through, if that's cool? 
Yeah, that'd be great. Hello. Cindy, are you, Cindy, are you there? Hello. Hey, Cindy, yeah, send hello. Hello. Hot, it. Is it? Pardon me? Cindy Hot? <laughs> no, no, not Cindy Hot. Okay. No. Who is I'm this? I'm Cindy, Cindy Faulkner. Right on. How, How are, are you? you? Good. What would you like to ask, Great. Leif? I just wanted to call. Nothing. I just wanted to call and say that, Leif, you're just an absolutely awesome man. And, and uh, you know, I'm excited to read your book that's coming out. So, um, well, I appreciate that. Just, How are things in Tennessee me. right now? Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. We've had a lot of rain, but it's absolutely gorgeous out now, 75 and sunny. So right on, I think right uh, on. summer's on its way. Well, I look forward to the book yeah. coming out. We're going to be doing a tour of meet and greet stuff with the book, so hopefully we'll get to uh, see each other then. Oh, come to Tennessee, please. It would be awesome. Hey, We're Cindy. going to Memphis. <laughs> hey, Cindy, do you go, did, you, did you ever see Leif perform way back in the day? I did, and it's funny because I saw him in Indianapolis. That's where I'm from originally, and I think I was 16 or so. And uh, before the concert was over, the limo was parked next to the stage, and so I kind of trotted myself down to the limo, and I was standing at the back of it. And Leif, you came down the stage, and you blew me a kiss, and of course I fell out and was crying and, you know, had a hissy fit, but it was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, I'm an arrogant little... (laughs) (laughs) let us know what you think of the book when it comes out and like Leif said we'll be doing some road work to go out and and, uh, talk about the book so hopefully we'll make our way down to uh, the beautiful state of Tennessee oh awesome that would be fantastic so Leif have a wonderful day and all right you too have a great day another caller up we have Amy Amy from Los Angeles Amy are you there Hi, yes, I'm here. Say hi to Leif Garrett. Can you hear me? I can hi, hear Leif, you. how are you? Oh, good, Amy, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. I wanted to know if by any chance you would be playing any live music when you guys are doing the book tour. Would you play any of your music? Um, I were, it's funny you say that because uh, I'm actually talking about doing something like that and possibly releasing a... Uh, uh, a, a set of a few songs, or an EP, rather, of uh, some songs. Is it called an EP these days, Chris? Yeah. Is, 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 I have no clue. Yeah, four or five no. songs is an EP. Yeah, like three, three, to, three to four songs, something like that. Um, and oh. uh, obviously it would be cool to, uh, uh, when doing the book tour thing, to maybe play a few songs just uh, then and there. I like it. I like right it. Right on. Um, I can't wait to read the book. I'm just... Uh, I'm so excited. I can't. I pre-ordered, and I'm all set to read it, and uh, you're just the greatest. And, oh, well, thank you so, so much. Nice I can't wait to, to read you. it, too. No, I'm well, Amy, <laughs> Amy, thanks a lot for calling. We look forward to hearing what you think sure. of the book. And, you know, it's funny that Amy brings okay. up music because, you know, Leif, part of the process of writing the book with you, you have, I think, really great musical taste. And part of the, the conflict in the book is there was music you wanted to be doing back in the late 70s and early 80s. And it was your sort of handlers prevented you from doing it, yet it didn't stop you from really wanting, you know, later in life, you know, you did really develop as a singer and finally got to do the stuff you wanted to do. You never gave up, though, on wanting to do the music that meant something to you, right? That's absolutely true. And what's interesting is, is I don't know that I would have ever gotten into music if it hadn't been 
for the people that approached me and asked me if I wanted to make some music. You know, even though I was a big, huge music fan and still am, I was just so busy with, you know, the the, uh, acting career, and I was not uh, developing myself as a singer or as a musician at all. It just, I, I never felt that that was something that I was, you know, there were so many unbelievable people out there doing it that I never thought that I had a chance because I just didn't really, you know, think of myself in that manner, you know, and I was already doing something else as an entertainer. But I'm glad that it happened because, yes, I did pursue the music afterwards and reinvented myself uh, to try and be, let's see, Mick, Rod, uh, Robert, uh, (laughs) you know, all of my favorites and whatnot. And that's what a lot of people don't realize is that I was just as much of a fan as uh, fans that I have, but to people like Zeppelin and the Stones and Elton John and, you know? Yeah, but you, you know what? I think to your credit, though, you did develop your own style. And look, man, you're also an entertainer. I mean, you knew how to get in front of cameras and, and entertain people. And I think that really helped you, you know, get over that part of it. The singing part you dealt with and you've become, to anyone who's seen Leif perform recently, when Leif's on the stage, he knows what he's doing behind a microphone. And I'm always, you know, again, I think people are going to be uh, su- surprised and pleased with what you come out with in conjunction with the book. Hey, we have a call uh, from Canada, Wendy from Vancouver. Vancouver, are you uh, are you there? I am. Wendy, say hi to Leif. Hi, Lake Wendy, Garrett. and I'm here. How are you? Hi, Leif. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Do you remember me, the one with the keys? <laughs> oh, yes. That's so funny. <laughs> Wait a minute. Going? I don't know are this they, story. I'm writing the book with you. Pardon? I don't know the Wendy. I don't know the keys story, and I'm writing this book, Leif. What is what's with the keys with Wendy from Vancouver? Hey, Leif, it's me. I look at your picture every day in our office. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yes, um, the uh, Wendy was so kind yeah. as to give me uh, a set of keys to. Uh, I believe it was your place, wasn't it? Of course it was. Don't be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever made it up there, I've got a place to stay. And uh, exactly. apparently uh, um, uh, maybe a meal or something like that. And I would be sleeping on the couch, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to come to Canada? I, 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 when they let me in again, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll let you in. I'll meet you at the border. Okay, right on, right on. Thanks a lot. I love Canada. It's funny. Doing research, uh, you did have a pretty strong fan base in Canada way back. I mean, during the Teen Idol days, you did some big shows up there, and some of the more riotous events uh, were in Canada. It wasn't just in the states. I mean, obviously around the world, you had a huge fan support, but Canada was always there for you. Yeah, Canada has been incredibly incredible. They were great, and still are, and still receive mail from Canada. And it's, 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 it's so beautiful up there. It's amazing. Vancouver is just incredible, and I love that place. If you want to say hi to Leif Garrett, ask a question. The number, the proper number is 866-472-5788. Toll free, 866-472-5788. Josette is uh, calling in from oh, wait, Florida. Real quick, Josette, by the way, Wendy, yeah. I still have the keys. You still have the keys, I'm glad. <laughs> hey, it's Josette from Florida there. Hi, Hello. Hi, Leif. How are you? 
I'm doing good. I just wanted to tell you that I um, am so excited to read your book when it comes out. And I have been following your career since I was 13 years old in the eighth grade. And I am I'm like 56 now. So I just want to tell you that you're awesome. Your voice oh, sounds Thank you exactly so much. I got you beat on the age, but that's, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so oh, you remember gosh, Three for the Road. I, oh, I most certainly do. And I saw you twice in concert. Once in Miami, Florida, and once in Fort Lauderdale. So I just, my heart is pounding. I'm a, I'm a wife and mother. I've been married for 35 years, but my, my, I'm so excited to speak to you. My heart is pounding in my ears. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, Thank you God. so much. Hey, hey Joseph. Is Y100 still around? Is, is this station oh, Y100 still around? Oh, my God. Yes, it, it, you're not going to believe this, but I remember the first time I heard you with Tanner in the morning. I don't know if you remember right. him. <laughs> of course. Oh, my God. Yes, Y100 is still around. That's but, great. Um, like I said, I think that you're awesome, and I just cannot wait to read your book, and I, I wish you nothing but the best. Well, thank you so much, and we'll definitely be coming to Florida to promote the book for sure. Josette, thank you for the lovely cannot, call. Josette, thank you so much. You know, it's funny, Leif. Your your actual the very first real concert you did was in Florida. I mean, Florida was a real hub for you. You did a lot down there. There's a lot of uh, stories in the book that that take place in Florida. That was a real that was an important space for you back then. Florida was a very uh, important uh, place for a lot of my career. Um, not only with the radio station that I just mentioned, but uh, I also uh, did an album uh, in Florida with uh, the bass player from Casey and the Sunshine Band, and uh, there's a pretty incredible story about that in the in the book. <laughs> yeah, there sure is. I think that's one of the real centerpieces. Um, you know, Leif, we you know we've talked a lot about people you kind of knew grew, growing up. You and I will also talk a lot, oftentimes, about things just kind of happening in the world. After you and I both watched Leaving Neverland, I mean, you you knew Michael Jackson pretty well, and. You were uh, you were pretty taken aback about the documentary. What, what's it like when you know somebody that long ago, and then something like that comes out that reveals aspects that you probably weren't aware of? I mean, that was. I mean, you were you you were pretty taken aback after you saw that show. Yeah, the truth is 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 that you know I I knew Michael since the age of. I believe like 16 something like that. Yeah. And um he um he was a year older than myself and we did a show uh together uh in Switzerland uh at this TV show where you go on you lip sync and he was promoting his the last record with the uh the the family the Jackson right. 5 and uh and we were staying in the same hotel and he asked me a very interesting question and I didn't think much of it and it wasn't until after uh leaving neverland that it, it kind of made a lot more sense because i really bought into the whole you know he's just a big child thing as well right um but um you know it, it's it's a, it's a shame uh because unfortunately his legacy you know i think is going to be a little tainted now a lot like r kelly's um but uh, I mean, I I believe the the, uh, the guys who uh, were on camera for that. 
I, I absolutely do, because um, not only, you know, do I remember things that were kind of suspect, but, you know, it's, it's, you could see it in their, their eyes that they weren't lying. Right. I agree. I agree. And the thing Michael asked you, people can read about in the book, but it's a, I think it's one of the more um, colorful stories in the book uh, <laughs> that comes out of this. But, but again, there were a lot of these people that you had these sort of moments with back then. And I think the book carefully, what we tried to do was incorporate a lot of those moments, whether we're talking, you know, Joe Perry and Steven Tyler and Freddie Mercury, you have these moments with these, with these guys at a very young point in your life. And, you know, I think people are going to be very intrigued to, uh, to learn about these things. We, hey, but speaking of Florida, by the way, going back to Florida, we have another caller on the line, Linda from Florida. Linda, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Linda, say hello Hi. to Leif Garrett. Hello, Hi, Hi. I'm so nervous. How are you? Yeah. Don't be nervous. It's okay. <laughs> he doesn't I'm good. Fight. I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm just uh, excited about the book release. Yes, I pre-ordered, and I'm so excited. I can't wait to read it. Oh, great. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Linda. I've been Georgia since I was 12. <laughs> Linda, did oh, you ever wow, see... that's sweet. Linda, did yeah, you see like Leif perform back then, back in the 70s? No, I, I've never seen him perform, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. But did and you read Tiger Bee magazine I, and all those things? Yes, I had a lot of those magazines, yes. I had scrapbooks and, and albums, and I listened to his music every day. <laughs> listened to it every day. Oh, wow. That's awesome. If you will, um, you know what? Since you never got a chance to see me in concert, if you could give... Uh, uh, when we uh, when you get off the phone here, give uh, the engineer, if you will, our, our buddy Aaron, uh, and ad- or someone uh, from the the uh, station, uh, an address, and and I'll send you uh, uh, my last record, the one I like the most, oh, the best. Okay. Oh my gosh! Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no worries. Sweetheart, he's such a sweetheart. <laughs> Oh, well, wow. Linda, um, Linda, I hope you enjoy yeah. the book when it comes out, and uh, thanks for uh, all the support well. and stuff. We really yeah. appreciate it. But we'll see you in Florida. Yeah. We'll be there. Uh, you'll be down. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Please, please come to Florida. I have to meet yeah, you. Yeah, where do you, what part of Florida do you live in? Um, south, uh, South Florida, like uh, around the Tampa, Tampa area. Okay, right on. Or we'll Orlando, make it. you come to. <laughs> I'll come to Miami wherever you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Linda, Linda, thanks a little. Linda, give Aaron your information before you hang up, okay? Okay. All right, I will. Alrighty. All right. Thank you. I'm uh, so honored to meet uh, to, to speak with you. Well, thank you, Linda, as well to you. Leif, that's got to be amazing. I always, you know, when the people, these fans that, that they've never let go, that's got to feel pretty special when you're connected with them like this because you can hear it in their voice. They're nervous. The woman said her heart was pounding. You know, they have never, uh, they've never let go, and they've always been there for you. I would think that feels, that feels pretty good when you talk to people like that. It feels great, and, but, you know, it's, it's the same thing with me. It makes me also feel, um, you know, uh, almost like, because it feels like other life now to me, or another life, if you will. Sorry for the bad pun. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's an honor that I was able to be in somebody's world uh, whether it's directly or indirectly, uh, during a time when they start feeling, 
you know, and that's the thing about a teen idol. Is it, it, it sort of stirs up those beginning feelings, if you will, of, right. you know, uh, like boyfriend stuff, girlfriend stuff, you know, sexual fantasy, stuff like that. You know, it's, it's, it's before that. You know, and then the minute that someone has sex, normally they go on to, like, Aerosmith or <laughs> Zeppelin or something, you know. You know, it's funny. Th- that was one of the first sort of premises you laid out for me. And I thought it was fascinating because I think you tap into something that's right. The space that you occupied uh, in a lot of these fans' lives was sort of, it was the last moment of innocence, right? It was that yeah, last exactly. period where you're you're feeling these things, but you haven't quite acted on it yet. And then when you do act on it, you're right. You sort of graduate to the other side, right? Where it's a little darker, a little more real, whether it's yeah, a little more Zeppelin. daring, a little more dangerous. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, but but they wouldn't get there were it not for that sort of ladder rung with you. You sort of get everyone ready, right? Is is how well, that's it kind great. of works. So I'm a fluffer. I'm a fluffer, huh? <laughs> but when you look through <laughs> when you look through those old scrapbooks and things, that's what you see because they're they're sharing things with you that are like you know these intimate secrets and and things that their first you know these first yearnings they're getting they're kind of projecting on you and it's like I think sometimes people don't realize just how serious the whole teen idol thing was and how those magazines really did facilitate this relationship between you and these millions of fans all over the world. And and I think that they also were quite aware of that and and played upon it with especially with things like you know uh, are you the right girl to marry Lace um, do you have what it, you know stuff like that you know it's crazy when you look back at some of those things I always kind of went to the uh, the dating game episode you were on at like ten years oh, old man. or whatever. <laughs> To, to talk about the inappropriateness of how sort of the adult world would project, you know, their thoughts on kids. It's like there you are trying to get yeah. a date at ten years old. Um, yeah, I, I think I might. Yeah, it was something around that age, but it was very bizarre. And Jim Lang, I believe it was his name, yeah. made a comment that was rather inappropriate. I thought. Um, I mean, at least in the context of now, he, he, you know, he, I don't think he could have gotten away with saying something like that. The censors would have been all over him, you know. Um, Which part of what he said? And, what do you remember? Well, do you, I, I believe it was something like, um, yeah, she's hot or something like that. Yeah, there's one part where he goes like, yeah, I bet, I bet she'd look great in a bikini, huh? Uh, right, something like said, that. It's like, what? Yeah, it's like my mind girl. didn't even yeah. go there. It, 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 it's it's crazy, but again, yeah. you could get away with it back then, and you were already sort of being presented as um, mm. this as, sort as of fantasy figure, which, of course, a few years what? later gets much bigger. <laughs> right. I mean, and also, why why would they have somebody as young as I was then on the dating game? It's crazy. I, I mean, uh, you had to have been the youngest person at that point. I mean, later on, I remember Michael Jackson did it like as a teenager, but I can't remember like a kitty edition of uh, of, of <laughs> before that. And at that point, look, you had done you a lot of television. You can't put those words in the same sentence, Michael Jackson and kitty. You know, I think as the book, people will learn in the book that people may not be familiar with, your career as an actor was was very busy and very active, and you did a lot well, of good work up until all the Teen Idol stuff. I mean, you were in well, thank you. You know, lots of popular films. Um, 
the phone code, the number here, the proper number here, if you want to say hi to Leif Garrett, is 866-472-5788. We were talking about all kinds of things, not the least of which is Leif's memoir called Idle Truth coming out this July, now available for pre-order on, uh, on Amazon.com. Leif, when you look back at it, if do people ever ask you for what advice you might give up-and-coming actors or singers, or even what advice you might give the parents of these kids, given what you went through and what you witnessed? Yes, um, you know, don't just trust what anyone says, and I and, and and I mean that earnestly and honestly. And it doesn't matter how, even if they're a cousin or a family member, you know, as we know, like with uh, you know Corey, you know, he became emancipated from his father and stuff because of stuff like that. But always, always be aware of your uh business dealings and things your you where, where the money is uh where what went out uh what was paid what monies were used uh for what you know what i mean it's yeah. very easy to you know have a, two, a second set of books that you can bamboozle somebody with and and have them think oh okay what's well, all in the up and up then but you know, do do your homework. No, you you have to be just as much of an artist in business now as an artist in your art. Yeah, it's true. I mean, so question everything. I I think that's one of the real kind of pearls of advice that comes out of the book because again, you guys all you and your family got caught up in a lot of this and it's hard not to have been caught up because what was presented to you was, you know, what kid doesn't want, what, you know, what, what rock and roll fan kid doesn't want to be a rock star when that gets presented. And one of my favorite parts in the book is when you're first put on stage, you're thinking you're going to have a band yet you're told, no, 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 no. It's, it's a lip sync situation. All you've got to do is is move your lips to to surfing USA and you right. had some you remember questions the words, about kid? it. You remember the words? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's you know, that, and then and then to do the song more than once in a row, and only that song because we I mean, hadn't finished the the rest of the album, you know. And it's very weird to uh, uh, lip sync to fade out. <laughs> but you know but you also pointed something out that in terms of lip syncing you were actually pretty good at it uh because as an actor i mean describe for people that that don't know what adr is you were sort of already skilled at at putting words where they didn't necessarily belong right right it's 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 after it's i believe adr stands for after directed recording or something after dialogue something like that anyway it's, uh, or, uh, and the dipshit, <laughs> anyway, I don't know where to go with that. Um, but ADR work is when, uh, let's say the sound on the set wasn't as clean as it should have been, or there was an airplane flying over, but they kept the take. You have to go into a studio and you watch the, uh, the footage on a big screen, and then you, uh, do the dialogue, the same dialogue to that, but you have to match it. Uh, 100% to uh, the intonation that you had, or you can change the intonation a little bit, but you've got to, you know, the, uh, the, the length of the uh, words, you have to match perfectly, you know. And you were able to do that, so lip syncing yeah, for was you was it. actually fairly easy. Yeah, I was, I was pretty good at it. And you've got to do the same thing. It's like a lot of people don't realize as well that 
it's not just uh, you know people who are not as good as singer or uh, or, or learning uh, like such as in my case that people double uh, the vocals all the time. Mick sure. Jagger does it. You know, um, a lot of people do it. Robert Plant did it, you know, and it just fattens it up a little bit or it makes it, you know, a a certain sound or you you do a uh, harmony with yourself or just do a full octave uh, harmony, you know, as to make it sound a little bit different. So it's something that I I just happen to be good at, and it made the studio time recording uh, uh, easier than it might have been. Well, Michael Lloyd, who I interviewed for the book, Michael Lloyd, for those that don't know, was a writer-producer, but who, he was also very instrumental in helping to craft the careers of, of the Osmonds, of Sean Cassidy. He worked with you early on on the first few records, and the thing that he told me that always jumped out um, about you was your work ethic, and that even though you didn't have singing experience necessarily, that you were always there, you wanted to be a singer, and that you were willing to put in the time. You know, even at 15, 16 years old, your concern was, hey, if I'm going to be a singer, I need to learn how to sing, and that you were always very diligent about taking direction and uh, and being very professional at an early age. And uh, well, thank you, and I thank I thank him for saying that. And and it was important, I thought, you know, to make it right, to do it right. Right. Um, and there were times, believe me, because I was not a trained singer. Um, that we had to punch in like a word uh, in the verse or right. maybe just a sentence. But, uh, you know, it's, it's something that it, it was important to get it right, to do it right. Well, if we have a caller, Susanna from Las Vegas. Uh, Susanna, are you there? Yes, I am. Hello. Say hey to Leif Garrett, Susanna. <laughs> Hi, how are, you, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Okay, are you up great. or are you losing money? <laughs> I don't gamble. <laughs> okay, that that a girl. <laughs> Susanna, what do you want to ask no, Liz? Um, just, I guess, probably the same question a lot of others listeners would have about book tour. And, um, like, would you be coming out to Vegas, possibly? I, 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 I would probably bet money on it, yes. <laughs> there's, there's a couple of cool stories in the book that, that deal with Las Vegas um, one of them is at the Ali Spinks fight in early 1978 and you know it's funny like getting calls like this as we start to put together what a good book tour is going to look and feel like I'm making notes here of everybody who calls everyone who's taking the time to call and uh, we should definitely I mean and Vegas is an early early swing out from Southern California I think we could do that for sure Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. What, maybe five hours away? <laughs> Not even. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I've made it there three forward and a half. To it. Yeah, with how Leif drives, I think three and a half. We could, three we and could half do it, Susanna. Be there. So <laughs> <not too early. laughs> awesome. Well, Susanna, awesome. enjoy the book. I hope you have a chance to read it early. And uh, speaking of Vegas, we have another call from Nevada this time. Kathy, Thank are you, you there from Nevada? Hello. Hey, Kathy, Hello. say hi to Leif Garrett. How are you? How are you? Good. What's your name? Kathy. Hello, Kathy. I'm Kathy. What would you like to ask Leif, Kathy, or say? Well, of course, uh, I'm not, we're not in, I'm not in Vegas, but would you be coming to Reno? (laughs) You know what? It's funny because I've I've been to Reno so many times because my cousin lives in Tahoe, 
And whenever Ooh. I drive up to uh, Tahoe, I go through <laughs> Reno. We go through or fly in. We go through Reno. That's another way. But yeah, I've been to Reno quite a bit. I don't know if we'll be going to Reno because it's you know it's the littlest big city. In, uh, <laughs> or the biggest, biggest little city, you know, yeah. or the biggest little city, something like that. Is yeah. that what it is? I'm yeah. dyslexic, uh-huh. so you know. Oh no, that's okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually you. not. I'm Garrett Leif. I mean Leif. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, maybe, but um, you know what? Uh, if if nothing else. You'll have to come to, to Vegas. It's not that far, right? Oh, about eight hours. Oh, well, it'll, it'll, be, eight it'll hours. be worth it. Trust us, Kathy. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you. Come to plane. Tomorrow. We're going to Truckee for sure. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> cool. Oh, I'll be there. No. Well, maybe we'll make you a long time fan of Lave. Thank you, you for letting us go, go, go way back as a fan of Lave. Oh, gosh. Way back. My siblings used to make fun of me because I had you were everywhere. I was in the fan club and every movie. How dare they make fun I'd have of you. to watch it. <laughs> I know. Kathy, did you get much of your stuff from back then? Do you still have any of the posters or sort of things that you would have collected? Um, I do. I have. Okay, wow. This is dating me. I have eight eight tracks. All right. Um, I have wow. some. I have pictures and I have like a um, forty five. Fantastic! Wow. Love and I know. Well, Kathy, <laughs> hope you have a chance to enjoy awesome. the book. There's a, there's um some amazing so photos great. in the book. Thank and Kathy, so thanks much, a lot for Kathy. calling. We That's really great. appreciate it. Um, it, you know, it's funny when 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 it came time. Whenever you do a book like this, a memoir, the, the visuals are really important. And I want to tell everyone listening that what Leif got together in terms of photos, I think, is going to blow people away. I mean, Leif, you're. I think this is again more kudos to your mom for for saving yeah. like the best photos that that are super rare and 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 here you know unseen in many cases. I just wish that you guys didn't print the naked ones, man. I'm bummed about that. Well, you got to sell books, you know, that's how <laughs> things are done today. Yeah, so I also want to acknowledge uh, Brad Elcherman. He factors in the book as well. Brad, for as Big many time. of you, I'm sure, know, uh, photog- well-known photographer. And, and Leif, you and he were good friends back then, and so he had real access to you back in the day and would, would tour with you and took some of the, the most legendary photos of you. And Brad has been super generous with, uh, you know, letting us go through things to use for the book. And I think fans, even though fans will know some of his work there are some ones in the book that i'm sure they haven't seen yet and that's all going to be part of the experience with idle truth is this idea of seeing images when you think you've seen it all and then uh you know coming upon these photographs that you've never seen i think it's going to be a fun part of the book this will be the first uh, novel or a memoir with a uh, centerfold pop-up <laughs> Oh, okay, bad joke, bad joke, bad joke. <laughs> but yes, no, Brad was very instrumental and the only <laughs> photographer who actually uh, went on the road with me to Japan and, uh, you know, was was around quite a lot. And he, he, he still is a friend and he's a good guy. You know, it's funny that one, one day you and Brad and I met for coffee and just sort of sitting back and listening to you guys reminisce was really amazing because uh, you, he was one of the younger photographers which, um, you know, probably allowed you guys, it was easier to become friends with a guy who was sort of a peer of yours back then and a guy could, who could hang out and, and be sort of normal with it. And, right, uh, exactly. It, it, it was like he was just, you know, part of the, the gang and he was. And uh, he was actually the gentleman who took the photograph of 
uh, Nicolette and I uh, in my uh, living room. Uh, yeah, no, those photos, much. obviously, that whole series of photos became something yeah. that was really talked about. And yeah. we have a whole chapter in the book about that photo because that photo, it did a lot for her. I mean, it really, it, it, it sort of propelled things to put on, on a whole other level back then. So I think fans will enjoy reading about that and the memoir coming up. If we have a couple of minutes here till close, any other thoughts you want to leave fans with here today on what it feels like knowing that in a couple of months, Idle Truth is going to be out there. Um, a lot of stories you've never told anybody. And, you know, you've really, <clears throat> you've, you've confronted a lot of things in the book. What does it feel like now knowing that in a couple of months it's all going to be out there for people to experience? Well, uh, okay, my, my feelings on this is that I hope everyone understands that if they're, if they're looking to buy, uh, like, uh, a, a Kiss and Tell a uh, you know uh, a uh, uh, inquirer type uh, memoir. That's not that's not what it's about. This mm-hmm. is about setting the record straight from my point of view. And truthfully, you know, as you know, uh, the stories that I've told you and the things that I've told you have been backed up by uh, others. Um, mm-hmm. But because there's been some misconceptions about my my life and 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 things about me but more importantly that these these are insight to what it was like then uh, in my position and the people that i uh hung out with and and had these uh, adventures with um are in, in, it's a, it was an honor for me as mm-hmm. well and that it's not. It's, I'm not throwing dirt in any way, and it's not from a bitter place, and it's not from an angry place. It's from just a. Here's what it was, and this is these adventures that I went on, and I hope you enjoy them. And this is this is the the, the idle truth. Well, you know, it's funny too. There's and there's so much stuff there. You and I have both, I think, acknowledged honestly that it's easy to imagine another book after this because you've led a lot of different lives. And, uh, you know, I think we definitely covered some amazing ground in Idle Truth, but there's yeah. a lot that's left there. And I'm, I'm hoping that we can settle down once this is out and, and accepted and maybe even kick around another idea uh, with things we couldn't I get really to. I really want to do a follow-up. I really do. Yeah, and it's like you'll you know, get feedback like on this prequel. Story. Yeah, well, it's funny. You'll, you'll get so much feedback on this book, I think that may even help shape the second book in terms of what people are up for and what they want. And, uh, you know, I want to just thank you uh, here on the air, my friend, for letting me be part of this amazing ride. It's, uh, it's only we're early in the game. I know we have a lot to do, but just working yep. on this book with you has been an incredible experience. So thank you, my friend. I know. We should be finishing it pretty soon, right? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to it. I mean, look. <laughs> But thank you, Chris, for being the one that was the right person because I think that you're a, a great guy. I, I love your family. Um, I, I appreciate your, your camaraderie, your friendship, and your honesty. And thank you, Aaron, for making this happen. 
<laughs> and yeah. uh, and to uh, what Voice of America is that what this is? Voice America, yeah. Voice well, that's going to wrap it here, Leif. Thank you for joining me, man. Uh, Aaron, thank oh, you. I want to echo what Leif said there. Thanks everyone for checking out Idle Truth, available now on Amazon. I'm Chris Epting. This has been uh, the moment for 13 weeks. I appreciate it, and I want to thank Leif Garrett especially for making this last hour so uh, so memorable. So thanks for listening, folks. We will talk to you soon. And uh, with that, we uh, we say so long and farewell for now. Thank you for taking a moment out of your busy week to join us for The Moment. Be sure to join Chris Epting for another edition next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you here next week.